for watching. You're going to miss out on some good food, which is <sighs> sad, but um, anyway, sad but true. So we are glad to have the Jesus League with us today. Yes, amen, Jesus League. Uh, so this is the group from, and I always say it wrong, where, where are you from, Melinda? New Hope Worship Center. So this is, uh, this is the drama group from the New Hope Worship Center, and we're glad to have them. They were with us during uh, our homecoming service, and we're glad to have them back. They're going to be ministering to us today. And uh, make sure that if you haven't made plans to stay, that you change your plans. We have l lots of great food out there, so we need someone to eat it up. And after that, the 15th, the next idea is the 15th of December. If you don't have plans that night, or if you do, change them. We have our... Uh, our church Christmas party at 6.30. We always get together. We do our uh, games. We've already been discussing games and different things that we're going to be doing. It's going to be great. So if you don't normally come to that, we're inviting you right now to come to the church Christmas party and have a great time with us. So 6.30 on December 15th. Also, we want to say a big, huge thank you to everyone who got together their uh, shoebox stuff. We, on Wednesday night, put together 33 shoeboxes. Thank you, Lord. Hey, yeah, that's great. So we were, we were hoping for at least a couple dozen, and we got 33, which is excellent. So thank you so very much. And also, thank you to those who gave throughout the year because we had to have the shipping cost. It's $9 per box. And, uh, and Sister Dean, I said to Sister Dean, um, okay, we got 33 boxes times nine. What is that? And Brother Mike was trying to do it in his head. <laughs> Bless him. like, well. But she took out her phone and started. And uh, she said, all right, $297. And we had 295 that had already been given. So thank you, thank you so very much for, for that because we had almost enough. And then Sister Dean added a couple dollars. So that was great that we were able to, uh, to pay for that right out, did not have to add much to it. So we really do appreciate it. Obviously, we'll take off the month of December for that, and then we'll start again in January. So uh, any other announcements, we will be letting you know. And, um, and I just want to, well, we know, of course, that on Thanks Meal Sunday, we just give thanks. So just want to thank the Lord for all the good things that he has done. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we, Shane and I were driving home, and, and we were just talking about some different things that the Lord had done. And from the, from the 12 and a half, not yet 13, uh, from the 12 and a half years that, that we've been together and the nine years that we've been married and just thinking about the different ways that the Lord worked things out and things that we were worried about, things at times in his job that it was like, Lord, are you, are you going to move in this situation? <laughs> are you, you know, I'm sick of this place. And um, Mike, if you're watching, sorry. Um, I, you know, I'm just sick of this. I'm, you know, what a, I thought that it was going to be this way, and it was actually going to go this way. And, and those times, you know, trying to get our house stuff ready and right. And, and it was only, there, there are miracles that happened with that um, that I could tell you about, not right now, but 
miracles that happened with that, things that ways that we prayed, and Lord, it has to be this particular way in order for us to get the loan that we need, and it was, and just just blessings after blessings after blessings, and I just want to thank the Lord for all the good things that He has done for me specifically, and for for the two of us and our family, and just. So, so grateful to the Lord. So we're going to stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer and just thank him for his presence. Thank him in advance for what he's going to do in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, we have come before you this day just dedicating the entire day to giving you worship, to giving you praise. God, we don't want to ask for another thing because you have blessed us just so very much. Each and every morning, your mercies are new, and we thank you for that. God, you have given us blessings that we cannot even begin to count right now. Father, I thank you that you woke us up this morning. Lord, that you gave us the physical strength to be in your house. I thank you and I praise you that you have given us breath in our lungs. Lord, that you have given us uh, day after day of strength and help to get us through work, to get us through school, whatever it was that we needed to do. God, we thank you and we praise you. I thank you for salvation. God, I thank you for for sanctification and your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you have given us your only son to die for our sins. Lord, that we did not have to stay in sin, but that we can be delivered, that we can have victory over it. Father, I thank you and I praise you for all the great things that you have done and that you are going to do. We thank you in advance because you are going to move in this place today. We thank you in advance that you are going to bless and that you are going to have your will and your way. God, we give you praise and honor and glory for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet, we'll shout out your praise, we'll shout out your praise. We sing to the God, we sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes a way, cause he hung upon that cross. And he rose up from the grave, my God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet, we'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in his place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Sing, we were the beggars. Because we were the beggars. And now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. And now we're running free. We are forgiven, 
tempted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Sing that again. Because we were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. So there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. So we shout out your praise. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Lord, I will sing of the goodness of God Sing, I love your voice I love your voice And you have led me through the fire in darkest nights, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, I've known you as my friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. And all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Lord, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Because your goodness is running Your goodness is running after It's 
goodness. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Who's, this is your first time here? Who, is anybody here this the first time? Happy to have you with us. I hope you enjoy it so much. You'll come back again and be with us. See, I knew you guys had been with us before. So y'all aren't guests anymore. Y'all were just one of us. So just, just act, well, I was about to say act like it. I guess you can. But we are glad to have you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithing offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering this morning, please?
I've asked Gretchen to help me with this morning, so pray for us as we do. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me.
the sinking sand So stomp your feet and clap your hands Our feet are on the rock On Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand So stomp your feet and clap your hands Our feet are on the rock
Praise God. Thank God for His blood. I need to be where? Okay. I need to be over here and out of the way. I tell you, I thank God for, for, for men, don't you? For men. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And for His blood that He shed for me, I thank God for... His resurrection. I thank God for His ascension. And I thank God He's coming back. Hallelujah. He said, I'll prepare a place for you. And then I'll come back and get you. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God, Brother Mark. I'm looking for the coming back. Get you. Hallelujah. I'm looking for that part. Praise God. David said it like this many times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And today, we're thanking Him already. Oh, thank you for your presence, Father, in this place. Thank you for kids. Hey guys, now kids, don't please don't take that wrong. I'm over forty. Well, I'm over fifty. I, I'm older than you are. Uh, uh, but thank God for kids that will do their pleasure for God and worship Him. Thank God for kids. Oh Lord, how mercy we like you guys. And I'll tell you, I thank the Lord for you. Each one of you, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank God for too many things, and the too many not being more than I should, but just so many, so many. Let's take it that way. So many things. Aren't we thankful that we woke up this morning and that we got health? And sometimes it's not good or great help but thank god amen i praise him i bless him i thank god for my family for my wife 
But my, oh, I thank God that he gave me every one of the kids we got. Praise the Lord. Some of you may say you got too many, but I thank God for every one of them. Praise God. And, 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 and we don't have from the greatest to the least or the least to the greatest. They're all great. Hallelujah. They're all great. Thank God for my church family. Amen. Thank God for every one of you. Oh, Lord, and I do thank you. You've been praying for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was telling my wife, I just, you know, over this stretch, it seems like the little bit I had up here is underneath here. And so I need to get started by exercising a little bit and try to get it on the other side. Ain't much, don't it? But <laughs> hallelujah. I thank God for folks that have just started coming. I thank God for those that are coming because Sister Wiseman uh, was your friend and you're their friend. Oh, thank you, Bill and Gloria. We love you. We love you. And Julie just started coming. And Robin just started coming. How many thanks the Lord for Julie and Robin? Anybody? Oh, there's, okay, everybody. All right, praise God. So there's so much to be thankful for. I thank God for a, a, a Baptist lady that acts like she's Pentecostal, and, and that's Sister Hager, and and and, and I want to, and she may be one of the two. I want a couple to testify and brag on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody? Go ahead. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Exceptional. Good word. Amen. Good word. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Is there one more that might brag on Jesus? Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pray. Praise God. He is good. Praise God. Yes. Praise God. Oh, yes.
Amen. Oh, my Lord. Praise God. I thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Amanda, and I praise the Lord for Amanda, but I just hope she don't take two weeks off anymore. I mean, you miss her so bad. Lord have mercy. Praise God. But God is good. And I'll tell you, I thank Him for every good thing that He's done, every blessing. Praise God. I thank God, uh, Brother Vic. Praise the Lord. He's been a blessing over the years. Brother, Brother Mike, I'll tell you, my wife worked on him for about nine years or ten years. <laughs> Live right across the street from us and and get yourself in church. Praise God. And I think she broke through about nine or ten years ago. Oh, I thank God for Brother Mike. All of you, every one of you. You're super, and I thank God for you. And as you stand with me this morning, let's give him some more praise because you can thank him for a lot of things. Amen. You can remember what he's done. Father, thank you this day for salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that I'm heaven-bound, rapture-ready. Thank you, Lord, that you're making intercession for me that you're making things uh, uh, preparing for me and to come back and receive us again under yourself, that where you are we may be also. Thank you, Lord, for this day and your good blessings to us. Lord, we're thankful more than thanksgiving. We're thankful every day. But, God, we thank you for our guests today that have blessed our hearts and will continue the other things to come in this service. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, How that you have moved already, and your spirit is here. Thank you for the Holy Ghost uh, that moves upon your people uh, to guide and to direct and to strengthen and bless. Thank you for every time that you've healed my body. Thank you, Lord, for every time you've touched my mind for direction. Thank you, Lord, for all the good things uh, that you have given unto me. Thank you for my church family, my regular family, my church family, my extended family. Thank you for all this. Lord, there's so many things, uh, and I praise you. Thank you that you called me to the ministry to minister your word. Uh, thank you, Lord, for bringing health again. Uh, thank you, Lord, for every day and every little blessing and every great big blessing. Uh, we love you for it, Lord. Uh, and we give you praise. Uh, I wish that my heart uh, uh, was able to say the great thanks that we have for you today. And we bless your name. And praise will continually be in our mouth about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you just thank God as you praise him, fellowshipping one with another. Fellowship night. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure.
Glory to his name. Amen. Whew, that's good right there, ain't it? It is so good to be here today. I am so thankful for this church, this church family, and how you all love on my family. Um, I am so thankful for you for all these years. Whew, and y'all keep them. Whew, that's a long time, ain't it? Y'all been here a long time. Yeah. Whew, that's a long time to love on them, ain't it? Are you 27? At least. So it is good to be here this morning. Um, I am so thankful for... Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. I am so thankful for my husband and um, my family. Um, I am thankful for Amanda. You have blessed me, and if I talk about it, I'll cry, so I'm not. Just so y'all know, I begrudgingly drove the van. <laughs> Just so you know. And I'm so thankful for you, Amanda. Um, you made it all worthwhile seeing your life, and I'm so proud of you. Um, I love you. I love these babies over here. They're my, they're my new babies, and um, they amaze me all the time when you think they're not listening, when you think they're not looking. <laughs> they just mess me up, and I just thank God for them. Y'all, we're going to try this again, this song? Excuse you. We got words right here. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord have mercy. If y'all are watching, pray for it. I was lost in shame, could not get past my flame until he called my name. I'm so glad he changed me, darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out. I'm no longer bound. I'm so glad he changed me. See, I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new name written down in glory. It's mine, yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine, yes, he's mine. Sin had left me blind, but Jesus opened my eyes. Now I can see the light. I'm so glad he changed me. See, I'm walking free. I've got the victory, and it's all over me. I'm so glad he changed me. See, I'm now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. Glory, and it's mine. 
yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine. Yes, he's mine. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine. Yes, he's mine. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine. Yes, he's mine. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I met the author of my story, and he's mine. Yes, he's mine. And he's mine. Yes, he's mine. And he's mine, yes, he's mine. Everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. Is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, Jesus is mine. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Again, glad that you are here. Thank you for being with us. We are glad. If you have not been joining with us for the past 10 weeks, 
uh, you can go back on the on the um, broadcast on our website and learn about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been in the midst of a series again for the past ten weeks. We've been talking about the words. So we've learned about each of the ten words. Uh, the meaning of each is deeper, perhaps, than had been previously considered. E- especially for me. I don't know about for you. You may have just been like, whatever. But I, in studying and learning, I thought, wow, I never knew that it meant so much. And that the the idea of each of the words was so much deeper than I had ever considered before. Although it is possible to follow the letter of the law the heart and the intent of the law is something else. It's, it's easy. We talked about this last week when we talked about coveting, that this is the only one that you, you cannot just look like you're following because the coveting is on the inside of our hearts. So we, it's easy to, to look like we're not breaking. It's easy to not kill people, I suppose. It's easy to not steal if you have enough, if you have enough um, strength enough self-control, but the coveting that's within our hearts. So the way to stop the coveting, this tenth word, is to, number one, stop the comparisons. Number two, to water your own grass. And number three, to understand that some blessings are not yours. And if you did not, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, please do go back and listen, because it'll make sense when you hear the whole message. (laughs) Today, in, in thinking about this, and, and um, Pastor's going to preach next week, so I thought, okay, well, that's right. Uh, pastor's preaching next week, so it was, I was you know, in, in prayer and thinking, okay, are we going to have a, you know, a, a, a not, I don't want to say a fill-in message. That's what I, not what I mean. But, you know, we're stopping the Ten Commandments, and, and here is one week, and then Pastor, and then, another series um Shane said are you always gonna preach in series well maybe so um but I mean that that works in my head that way I don't I I think in a linear pattern but anyway so I said I said Lord what what are we gonna do what are we talking about and I continued reading the rest of the chapter so today we're gonna consider what would happen after the law was given The children of Israel had a strong reaction to the presence of the Lord. And Yahweh gave another command about how he was to be approached. So we're going to take a look back in Exodus chapter 20. Going back and we're going to finish out that chapter to see what the Lord said after the law was given. So the command after the command. In Exodus chapter 20... Beginning in verse 18, and we'll read for right now, 18 through 21, and it says, And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. For God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off. And Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. We have heard the Lord speak for the past 17 verses. 
So starting in, in chapter 20, verse 1, it's what God is saying. It says, and God spake all these words, saying. So everything that was spoken from, from verse 1 until 17 was God speaking directly to the people. If you were to look back at chapter 19, it's Moses telling the people, get ready. Purify yourselves. Cleanse yourselves. Cleanse your garments. Because God is going to, I'm going to go up on the mountain, and God is going to speak. He said, don't get near the mountain because y'all about to see the power and the presence, the manifested presence of God. And he said, don't, don't touch the mountain. Don't allow any of your animals to touch the mountain because if you get near it, it's peril unto you. It's going to be dangerous. So the people had stood afar off and they were watching this happen. Moses had gone up on the mountain. He's He's hearing from the Lord, receiving the ten words, and there's thunder, there's lightning, there's just smoke, and it's, it's almost like a, a movie scene because something that we can't even imagine, almost like, in my mind, kind of like a volcano that's erupting and loud and thundering and shaking the ground. And certainly that's something that people would have been frightened of. And Moses had already told them, don't draw near because you're going to be in danger of death if you do. So they had seen all the thundering, the lightning, the sound of the shofar blowing. It says the trumpets, and that's uh, interpreted as shofars because the, the priests were asked to blow the trumpets to alert the people that they were going to be hearing from the Lord. We see that in, in chapter 19. And then the, the thick smoke came down and covered the entire mountain. Imagine how you would feel. See, we as, as Pentecostals, y'all were in a Pentecostal church if you didn't know. We as Pentecostals, we, we understand that idea of the power and the presence of God, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We understand, we, we see in, uh, in Acts chapter 2 that the Spirit was poured out and the fire rested on each of them and, and all these different things that we see as the manifest presence of God, but I'll tell you, I personally have never seen anything like that. And I have never, I've never personally experienced, you know, I, t I hear Dad talk about sometimes that there were, there was fire shooting out of the eaves of the church. Things like that had occurred. But I've never seen that before. The worship that they had seen practiced for all those years in bondage was idol worship you know they had been slaves in Egypt for 430 years so the only type of worship that they had seen was in the temples of all the Egyptian gods we talked about this a long time ago that there were thousands of Egyptian gods and they had seen all these these practices but I'm sure they had never seen anything like this because those gods were not real so those gods could not respond to them people would go in and they would worship and they would offer their sacrifices and nothing would happen but in this case God is responding to his people he's showing up because when we show up he shows up oh okay so when Yahweh made his presence known the people didn't know how to react because they come before him expecting nothing and they see these eruptions and these lightnings and thunder and this huge cloud of darkness. 
They had already experienced the miraculous plagues, the ten plagues in Egypt. They had seen the parting of the Red Sea. They had been fed with manna. They had seen the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They, they had been experiencing some of these things, but they were still frightened by the manifest presence of God. And as Moses came down to the people and they were very frightened, he tried to explain to them what was going on. He said, don't be frightened. The Lord is testing you so that you will feel moral reverence and thereby choose not to sin. He wants you to see how powerful he is. He wants you to see how great and mighty he is. He wants you to see his goodness and his greatness so that you will have respect for him and will not sin, that you'll listen to these ten words, that you'll follow them and obey them. And here we see two reactions that are typical when the Lord is doing something revolutionary. We notice the reaction of the people. They stood afar off. This word means remotely. From the word to widen, to recede, or to remove. So they stood afar off. They, they were very remote. And they said, we don't want God to talk to us. We want you to hear from God, and then you can tell us what he says, but we don't want to hear from him ourselves. No, that's just a little too much for me. I, 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 can't, I can't come into his presence myself. I, I, can't, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too nervous to do that. So you hear from him, and then you tell me what he says. And Moses the whole time is saying, no, please, draw near. Please, he wants, to, he wants to speak to you. He wants you to speak to him. Please, draw near. And the people said, no, we, don't. we, we just can't do that. We're too frightened. But then the second reaction is Moses. He did draw near. When used, this word to draw near, when used in a religious context, means to worship. So he came into God's presence and he worshiped. It says that Moses, in, in, the, in verse 21 at the end, it says that Moses drew near into the thick darkness where God was. And this hit me. Because so often we hear this, this concept of quiet time. And, and I get that. But that's a very churchy term that's not in the Bible. And we, we hear this idea, oh, get, get along with the Lord, get some quiet time. And it's okay if you say that. I'm not trying to, to uh, you know, say that that's bad or anything. But, but God dwells in thick darkness. <laughs> this thick darkness is interpreted as gloom. A lowering sky. Out of the 15 times that this phrase is used in the Old Testament, more than half of those times refer to a place that Yahweh chooses to inhabit. Oftentimes in the Psalms it says that he's riding on the dark clouds. He's coming in on, in thick darkness. The implication of this phrase is a private place 
one of secrecy and intimacy. And sometimes we want to we want to get into our quiet time with our coffee and our, our journal, but what God wants is to bring us into darkness, into a dark place where we can't see anything, but we can only hear his voice. Because if there's thick darkness all around me, I'm not seeing anything. I, I can't see the things that are around me. I can't see the things that would worry me and concern me. The only thing that I can experience in thick darkness is the voice of God. And so God brings Moses in. Moses chooses to go into the thick darkness and to hear God's voice. Then we see in verses 22 through 26. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings thy sheep and thine oxen in all places where I record my name I will come unto thee and I will bless thee and if thou wilt make me an altar of stone thou shalt not build it of hewn stone for if thou lift up thy tool upon it thou hast polluted it neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon so immediately when Moses chooses to come into God's presence, when he makes that choice, God begins to reveal new things to him. I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all, please hear that. Please hear. Because the children of Israel did not get this until after Moses came out of the thick darkness and told them all this stuff. But when Moses chose to step into that with God, to step into the place that he couldn't see, but he could only hear, God began to reveal new things to him. He was speaking those ten words to everyone. They had heard, and he even says, tell the children of Israel they've heard me. I've spoken to them. They've heard what I said. But this was private that he was speaking to Moses. Moses comes into the thick darkness, and God begins to reveal new things. And he begins to speak about the altar. He he told Moses again, relay to the people how I am to be worshipped. He said they were not to make with. He said don't make with me, and this word is near, among, or from the word meaning to seek a quarrel. I thought that was funny. God said, unless you want to fight, don't make other gods. Don't bring something beside me that I'm going to have to compete with. Don't, don't make something, don't create something, don't bring into my presence something that I'm going to have to compete with because I will not compete. I am Yahweh. I am the one. Do not have any other gods before me. Don't bring anything into my face. Again, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, y'all need to go back to word two and listen to that. Not because it's me preaching, because, but because he was speaking some interesting things. So, again, in word two, the Lord had instructed them not to fashion any likeness of God, but he had not mentioned any particular materials. 
he, d- he said, don't make any graven images of anything that was in the sky, on the earth, or in the sea. So he just told them n- not to make any images that looked like any particular animal or creature s- that they could see and worship. But he hadn't mentioned what they were not to be made of, uh, out of. So why are they mentioned here? Well, about 40 days after this, you know, Moses is up in the thick darkness hearing from God, a place that they chose not to be. And 40 days go by, and they're thinking, did Moses get lost? Did he hit his head on a rock and die? What happened to, did he get lost and go on the other side of the mountain? What has happened to Moses? So they talk to Aaron, hey, Aaron, we've got all these, uh, all this gold that we just got from the Egyptians. Let's put it together and make a golden calf. Again, 40 days prior to that, they had heard, thou shalt not have any gods before me. But they, they decide, you know what? We need something to look at to be able to worship. So they take off all their jewelry, and they, I really love that story. This is not what we're preaching about today, but I really do love that story. If y'all go ahead, and uh, you know, I think it's chapter 35, and <laughs> when Moses finally comes down, and he's like, Aaron, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? He said, we threw in the jewelry, and I'll pop this calf. I mean, that's seriously what he says. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating at all. He said, I'll pop this calf. Well, that's weird. So perhaps God is setting up this idea that they are not to make any idols of gold or silver because later on they would melt all these treasures from Egypt. But in a spiritual sense, it may mean a little more, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. The Lord also gave specifics regarding his altar. For one, he required an altar of earth. This word meaning soil or land. Upon it, they would sacrifice two different types of offerings that he mentions. Number one, burnt offerings. This was an offering for sin. An offering that would demonstrate dedication. The entire offering, whatever they brought, and it was uh, oftentimes according to their financial status, and they would bring an entire animal completely without blemish, And they would lay it on the altar, and it would be burned completely. There would be absolutely nothing left of that particular sacrifice. Because my sin needs to be consumed. It needs to be completely burned away. There doesn't need to be any leftover. There does not need to be any structure of sin left. It needs to be completely ash that can be blown away I, I, I don't need any sin left over. So this particular offering consumed by fire and the smoke would ascend to Yahweh. The word for burnt in the Hebrew means to ascend. So this burnt offering would, the smoke of it would rise up, would ascend to Yahweh and he would, he would smell that scent and he would be pleased that their sin was gone. And thank you, Lord, that you made another way. The second type of offering that was mentioned here is the peace offering. A peace offering was also known as the thank offering. 
when I was studying that, I said, thank you, Lord. It's Thank Sunday, and we're talking about thank offerings. It's great. The thank offering or the peace offering was just the fat. The fat was the only thing that was consumed of this particular sacrifice. That was the extra. This symbolized worship that the people would freely bring to Yahweh. A peace offering or a thank offering could be brought at any time. Just to thank the Lord for something that he had done, but it was, ju- it was brought in order to burn up the fat, the extra. So my, my worship, I need to be extra. In my, oh. I need to be extra in what I give to the Lord. So they would sacrifice, the Lord said, you will sacrifice in the place that I will record my name. Record, mark, remember, or mention. So we were only supposed to worship in those places that God had chosen to mark his name. And when they obeyed in this way, he promised that he would come to them and he would bless them. The altar could only be made with stone under one condition. It could not be hewn stone, meaning dressed or cut. So it had to be just stones that they, that they had dug up or they had found, and no tool could ever be used on it. Because applying a tool to shape the stone would pollute or profane the altar. Also, there could be no steps to ascend the altar. And the reason that he told them this, he said that it would show the nakedness of the person. The nakedness of the person sacrificing should not be seen. And this refers specifically to private part, not necessarily the foot or the bottom of the foot. It does talk about that later with the, with the uh, priests. But oftentimes... It would be easy to take the letter of the law here and be very legalistic with it. And to say, okay, no cut stones and no steps and we're acceptable and we're good. But there's a way to apply these commands. Again, you may be asking yourself, why does this even matter? We're not under the old law, so none of this really applies to us, right? Well, for the children of Israel, Yahweh was revolutionizing their thinking. He was teaching them how to worship Him. They, they knew about Him, but they had not had the opportunity to worship Him freely. They had had an oral tradition. They had heard stories about Him, and perhaps they were doing some of the correct worship rituals within Egypt, but they did not have that freedom of worship. But I believe that Yahweh also desires to do the same for us, that he wants to revolutionize the way that we worship him, that he wants to show us through his word how to get closer and closer. So there are certain questions that I believe we can ask ourselves to get to that point. Number one, what will you do about his presence? During our times of demonstrative worship, we experience that, that warm fuzzy 
And I'm not trying to discredit your, your experience with the Lord at all. Please understand that. Those watching, please understand that. I'm, I'm not trying to discredit that. But sometimes we settle for a warm fuzzy when God wants to bring us into thick darkness. Sometimes I cut off my worship too quickly. I don't remain in his presence like I ought to. So I don't get to hear from him as much as he desires to speak. So the manifest presence, the glory of God, the thick darkness can be intimidating. Certainly. This idea that God says, I want you to get alone and I want you to get, a, get to a place that you can't see anything that you can only hear me. I want you to get to a place that you can't see all your troubles. I want you to get alone with me to the point that everything else fades away. That you can't hear the crazy stuff that's going on at the bottom of the mountain. That all you can hear is me. And that's what that's what Yahweh, that's what God desires to do for each of us. So we can have Israel's reaction, which was to back away, to refuse to draw near, to ask others to receive on our behalf. You just you pray for me, and then I'll be good. And we should be praying for each other. Please, again, don't don't use that as ah. Uh, Jennifer said, "Don't pray for each other." Uh, we should be praying one for another. We should be interceding on behalf of those who cannot intercede for themselves. We should be reaching heaven for, for the people around us. But there are times that God says, just, just come to me. Just come to me. Let's work this out. I want you to draw near. Because the Bible says if, if we'll draw nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto us. So we have that guarantee. We have that promise that if we want to get closer to God, he will get closer to us. We have that promise from him. But we sometimes say, oh, no, I, I'm good. We ask others to receive. We, we don't have our personal devotions. We just rely on those who are more spiritual than us. Well, that they know more than I do. I'll just, it's all right. I don't have to look for myself because I'm sure that they're telling me right. I strongly encourage you, please read over what I, you know, go home, read over, study for yourself. <laughs> Don't just take my word for it. I do my best, but, but the Lord can speak to you. Or we can have Moses' reaction. We can enter in boldly, understanding that we have been invited into the place that God chooses to dwell, to learn secrets and to be changed. That we can, we are invited, we, we have that choice, we have that option to come boldly into the throne room and hear directly from God. The second question to ask yourself is, what will you do about your idols? We mentioned this weeks ago that we as believers don't typically make golden calves to bow down to 
Like, oh, you must be the one who delivered me that time. We don't do that, right? But we often make idols of other things. Thanks, money. You're the one who helped me out of that bad situation. Oh, right. Thanks, friend. You're the one who really pulled me out. Mm. So the two things mentioned in the text are silver and gold. And these have an obvious meaning, silver and gold. We know what those things are. But the meaning in the Hebrew, silver by implication, money. He's saying, do not make, uns- do not make beside me gods of money, gods of possessions, gods of self-reliance. Thanks, self, you really pulled through that time. I can make it on my own. I don't need God. I don't need to pray. It's fine. I'm not going to bother God with this. It's too small for him to worry about. I'll just look after it myself. But if we're not careful, we begin to make gods out of that ability to look after it myself. I'm not looking at any joiners in the room. Oh, hey. I make an idol out of, out of my ability to just handle it. Lord, help me. Because Yahweh says, don't bring any baggage with you into my presence. Leave that mess alone. You need to get rid of that. Don't bring a, your, your baggage, don't bring your issues into my presence in order to worship me beside that thing. Bring your issues and get rid of them. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll cast those away. But, but don't bring issues into God's presence with you and try to worship. And then he says, don't make any gods of gold. And that means to shimmer or gold-colored. Don't make gods of all that glitters. When the skies are clear and life is grand, we set our expectations that things will always be that way. And when things inevitably go wrong, we say, where are you, God? Don't you love me? Why are things going so bad? Where are you? But we've made idols out of the good times, and we're expecting that there will be no difficult times. God says, don't do that. Don't make, don't make idols of the gold. Don't make idols of the things that, that are shiny and shimmery. Don't, don't make idols out of those things that aren't real. When I, when I see other people on their, on their social media and they look so beautiful and everything looks so great in their life, that's just gold. That's just something shimmery. That's not real. Don't make idols out of those things because it's not real. When the shine wears off that relationship, oh, this person's the person for me. I'm sure of it. And when the shine wears off that relationship, I realize I've made that person my God. And I'm disappointed. God, why? Why did you let that person out of my life? Why did they? It could be a friend. It could be a significant other. God, why? But when I've made that shiny thing my idol, I'm not pleasing to God. 
when that job looks grand and I'm making lots of money or I get a new car, whatever it is, but the shine wears off of that. God, I need more. I need better. Will I still put God first when all the shine wears off? What baggage are you bringing with you into a new season? Those things that you need to put down. Because you can't get anywhere dragging that mess around. I'm trying to bring this into God's presence with me. Self-reliance and, and other junk comparisons. Trying to be like everybody else. Trying to look better than everybody else. I'm dragging this in with me into God's presence and I can't worship like I ought to. I've got to get rid of it. The third question that we need to ask is what will you do about your altar? Notice that God wants an altar of earth. This is the same material. Oh, see, look. Preachers know, right? Ha! This is the same material used to make man. When you go back in Genesis chapter 2 and it, got, and, and it says that, that we were made out of the dust of the earth, that word earth, Adama, Adam. God says, I want an altar made of earth. I want an altar made of the same thing that I made the first man out of. Your altar needs to be yourself. A substance that is pliable and workable. I want earth. I want dirt that I can pick up and mold and make into who and what I want it to be. That's what God is asking for. That we be reliable. That we be pliable. That we be there to say, God, do, do whatever you want with me. I'm the altar, God. I am the altar. Make me whatever you want me to be. He wants an altar of earth. I must be the altar where Yahweh puts his name. He said, I'm going to make an altar, and I'm going to put my name on it, and that's where you're going to worship. And when I bear the name, when I carry the name of Yahweh, when I take the name, talked about taking his name in vain, when I take the name of Yahweh, I am the altar. And wherever I go, that's the place to worship. Wherever I go, I carry my worship with me. I carry the name of Yahweh with me, and I can worship because I'm a pliable altar. But I am also a sacrifice. The burnt offering is the one that must be totally consumed. Nothing of the old self is there. The sacrifice is consumed and the fragrance rises up into the nostrils of God and God said, I want you to be a living sacrifice. It tells us that in Romans chapter 12. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So I am the altar, but I am also the sacrifice. Burn away, God. Burn away everything that displeases you. Burn away anything in me that is of me. Get rid of it, God. I am the burnt offering but also the peace or the thanks offering, my voluntary worship. That anywhere I go and I, I have a chance to praise, I give that voluntary worship to him, the fat, the extra, the praise just because he's worthy. 
that everywhere I go and I'm bearing the name, I'm the altar that bears the name of God, and I can say, you know what? It's time to worship Him. He has been so good. He's done good to me and good for me, and I thank Him. But if there is a heart of stone, if there is an altar of stone, if my heart is hard, stubborn, and not what it should be, God says don't use a tool on it because it can't be of hewn stone. My works can never make me good enough. I will never be good enough by my own effort. I can never try hard enough to be pleasing to God. My righteousness is filthy rags. And let me tell you, I'm a, I'm a person, yeah, the, those of you who know me really well know, I'm a person who will try to do more and more and more to be acceptable. But I can't. My goodness will never be good enough. But also my badness will never be bad enough that God won't take me because he does allow for an altar of stone <laughs> when I've done wrong and when my heart is, is hurting and when I'm, I'm messed up he says that's okay bring that too but don't you try to fix it no matter how much I sculpt or chisel my righteousness will never fix my stony heart my works cannot save me the Lord is telling them, telling us, do not try to get better on your own. Just come to me. Just, just bring it to me. Let me fix it. And he says, do not make steps to the altar. When I add to the requirements to approach the Lord, I take on the role of a Pharisee. When I hinder the progress of others by the steps that I have made personally, I keep people from the altar. When I say, oh, well, I don't think you can do it that way. When my own personal issues hinder people from getting to the Lord, I'm making steps to the altar. I'm being a stumbling block. And Yahweh says, don't do that. Don't make steps. He says, when we do this, our nakedness, the word here means disgrace or blemishes, our nakedness is revealed. Just as Adam and Eve sinned and realized that they were naked, so we are exposed when we try to make steps to the altar. When I try to make it harder than it is, then my nakedness is exposed. My blemishes are exposed. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to legalize my way into pleasing the Lord. Well, I, I think that you should do it this way. And so if you're not doing it that way, you're not right. So, so uh, you got to take this step and this step. But really what I'm trying to do is cover up my blemishes. I'm trying to say, oh, you've you got to do it the way I'm doing it because that's the only way that's pleasing to the Lord. But it's what the Word says. That's how we have to approach him. 
level. And he accepts each person who will come to him to sacrifice, to be changed. He accepts each and every one. So we have now officially ended our study of the ten words. For now, you know, uh, the Lord repeated them to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But we have <laughs> wrapped up those ten words. But from day to day, I, begin, I hope that we will begin to ask ourselves those questions. What will I do about his presence? What will I do about my idols? And what will I do about my altar? Because God wants us. As the music plays, God wants us to draw near to him. He doesn't want to be hidden from us. He does not want to just dwell alone in the thick darkness, but we cannot get near to him where we are. We have to take that step. We have to also come into the thick darkness. If you're expecting to just get near to God and be the same, it's not going to happen. So today, as we pray and give thanks to the Lord for what he is doing in our lives, take this, think about it, consider it. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that is true. We thank you for your word that is sharp and powerful, like a double-edged sword that will pierce into our spirit and separate truth from lie. Thank you, God. That even though it was written thousands and thousands of years ago, it is still relevant in our lives today. Thank you that you've given us the privilege of knowing what your word says. That we don't have to be ignorant of your truth because we can come right to your word and read and study. I thank you for that gift because it is. I thank you that we live in a country that we are free to read your word. Because there are so many that are not allowed to do that. I thank you and I praise you that you have given us the ten words as a model, as a direction for our lives. I thank you that you didn't just hand us a set of rules and say best of luck, but that you walk with us day by day. I thank you that you come alongside us and that when we stumble, you pick us up. I thank you that you make a way through Jesus that we can come into your presence, that we can come into the thick darkness and dwell with you. I thank you and I praise you that you invite each and every one into that opportunity. And God, that it's just us and you. Even if there's a million people who are coming into thick darkness, but God, you are so great and so past our understanding that it is just us and you. We thank you for that opportunity to have that relationship with you. God, I thank you and I praise you that we are allowed to come boldly into your presence. I give you glory for that. Father, I thank you that you make a way that we can get rid of idols in our lives. Those things that we have 
brought with us into your presence, that baggage, that junk that we bring with us. I thank you that you provide deliverance, that we don't have to rely on those things anymore, but that we can completely rely on you. I thank you. God, I thank you that you make us an altar. I thank you that you have chosen to put your name on us. And you didn't have to. God, you could have left it the way that it was, but that wasn't your perfect plan. We thank you that the sacrificial system is done and that we can come to you for ourselves in prayer and in worship. God, I thank you that you have made a way. You're such a blessing to us. We thank you. We thank you for salvation, that sin can be done away with, that it can be completely eliminated, that if we bring it to you, it can be burned away. I thank you. And God, today we bring our, our fellowship offerings, we bring our thank offerings, our peace offerings. We, we lift up our, our hands and our voices in thanks to you, and we give you all the extra, and we say you are worthy of more than we can possibly give. But God, we just want to give a portion if we can. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. We bless you. And Father, we say over your people that through this year and continuing, we thank you that you have, Yahweh, blessed us. I thank you, Yahweh, that you have kept us. That you have day by day made your face to shine upon us. I thank you that you have been gracious to us more than we could possibly deserve. And I thank you for your peace that passes understanding. We give you glory and honor and praise for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord.